Hello, and welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. This is Mimi. I'm here with Bridget. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm tired. I have gotten up (laughs) twice this week to run early, which is like not something I do. What is early? Like what's what's an early morning? (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Tuesday, Ellie woke up at like around three, but then went back to sleep. And she is like a very good sleeper, but then was screaming at around like five. And so... I brought her into our room. She was still screaming. And then I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm like, I'm already up, whatever. I was planning to run early. Chris knew that. So I was going to do the handoff at like six. Yeah. But then I started to leave our room and she started screaming even louder, if that was possible. <laughs> because she she likes my my husband better. Like it's just, it's just how it is. <laughs> so she like <laughs> saw Chris, but then realized I was taking her away from him and was like, uh, that's not happening. And so I like laid her down on Chris and like she immediately went to sleep. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just lay here for another half an hour. And then I was like, this is dumb. I'm up. Peace out. You guys are good. So then I was out by like 540 and I was like, I don't even know what time the sun comes up. (laughs) Like, like I had never run in the morning before. (laughs) And I was like, I'll just go to the Baylands, not thinking like, no, you can't run in the Baylands before sunrise. Yeah, it's it's closed (laughs) and dark and scary. (laughs) Stanford's always a good bet. Like you should, I always, like university, like it's going to be well lit. Yeah. You would think I would have the foresight, but I didn't. I was like, oh, because usually if it's dark out like 15 minutes and then the sunrise, like, no, none of that happened. So then I get to like, I'm running like towards the entrance of the Balins and I'm like, I I need to turn around. Anyway, then I like did what one does and I like went on the Facebooks and was like, what do people use for a headlamp these days? And then I texted my nutritionist, um, Megan Featherston, because she runs at like 4 a.m. And I was like, what do you use? And she was like, nothing. I hate headlamps. I just go to a place where it's well lit. (laughs) And I was like, all right. Um, But I bought, upon the recommendation of this Facebook group, I bought like this Knox gear running light up vest and then you clip a headlampy type thing to the chest. Anyway, I used it this morning because I had to get up early. I left the house around six, so not quite as early um, to do a workout. But the plan was always to do it at Stanford. But then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a college campus. (laughs) It's well lit. So I just looked like an idiot. But you know what? It was helpful having that extra light was helpful. And I felt very safe. I like the vest. I, I've never liked a headlamp. I feel like no. they never fit right. I always get a headache. They like, they're either like too tight, you get a headache, or they're like flapping around. The vest is a good idea. That's good. I thought I was going to have you beat because I did get up and start a workout before six, but it was like 5.50. Um, and I had the same experience. I was like, I ran for an hour and it's still not light. I'm like looking at like, <laughs> what is nautical twilight? What is civil twilight? Like, when does the sun come up? Does Never? it ever come up? Is it going to stay dark forever? <laughs> yeah, I know. But then I got so much done. I was like, wow, this like morning workout thing and then not having to think about it. Yeah. I was like at 10 a.m. I was like, holy shit. I am so No, my productive. Tuesday was great. <laughs> Today was a little different because of like the the runner's trots after the work. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Those will, 
Rose will get you. Anyway, well, you had a fun conversation that I was not able to join because I was in a very boring meeting that could have been an email. Uh, um, but why don't you tell us about who you talked to today? <laughs> okay. So when we talk to like, actually, I get nervous before every podcast we do, right? Me too. I'm like, Me too. <laughs> are people going to think this is a good use of their time? Are they going to think we're dumb? Like imposter syndrome, extraordinaire, like all the things, particularly when we have big guests. I'm like always secretly hoping they're going to cancel because I'm just so <laughs> nervous. Yeah. Um, but with this one, I like didn't have any nerves. I was just so excited. Mm. So today I had the opportunity to chat with Emily Oster. And honestly, like unless you are pregnant, have been pregnant, have a kid, just really are interested in parenting things, like you might not know who Emily Oster is, um, but she is like I don't even want to call her the modern day Dr. Spock because I feel like that's not doing her justice. But as we talk about on the episode, she is very much a multi-hyphenate. She's she's an economist by training. She has her bachelor's and her PhD from Harvard. So that in and of itself makes her, her interesting, but she's also, she's a writer. She's a podcaster. She's a professor. She teaches at Brown University. She's a runner. She's a parent. And, and most recently, she's a marathoner. And Emily has, in addition to her work at Brown, she has published several books, including Expecting Better, which kind of demystifies and takes you through pregnancy. Uh, another book called Crib Sheet, which is kind of like, okay, the baby's born, now what? Up through kind of like toddler school age. And then The Family Firm, which is like how you manage your kids. And what I love about Emily's writing in particular is it's like all filled with data right? She's super data-driven. She's an economist, but she's not telling you like, here's what you should do. She's like, here's the data. At the end of the day, you're going to make a decision based on what's right for you. And she's a very good writer. Like she weaves in her own anecdote. She's funny. Like all of these mm -hmm. books are very like accessible to someone who maybe doesn't work with data every day or someone who wants to feel better <laughs> or, you know, if you want to be told what to do, like, I don't know, ask your mom because moms have opinions, but yeah, ask ask the internet. Internet. You know, there's mom shaming galore. <laughs> You'll get a lot, get a lot of opinions, of opinions. Yeah. but she just lays the data out for you. Um, and then she, she has a whole other uh, business called parent data and she has a newsletter. There's some free aspects of it. There's subscriber only aspects and a podcast called parent data. And she's also very active on Instagram. Yeah. And one of the ways, right. So she's a great follow on Instagram because it's like she does a, you know, a weekly question segment. It's a lot of parents and kids related questions, but she's usually answering them like coming back from a run or weaving running into things. Running is a very important part of Emily's life. And we talk about sort of that evolution. The other thing that's so cool about Emily is like, it's not just that she likes to run, it's that she's a huge fan of the sport. I mean, she's like, She's like us. She's like a running nerd, knows who all the people are, like, you know. So yeah. it was great. And I think we just, we really, sorry, if you want parent information, like check out all of her platforms, buy her book, subscribe to her newsletter and her podcast. But we really just talked about running, which I think was so fun because she just ran CIM. So like, you know, you want to yeah. talk about like when you had to go to the, well, we didn't talk about when she had to go to the bathroom, but like, you know, all the things, right? <laughs> all the things. And it was yeah. her first marathon and she did amazing. Oh, that's um, so fun. Yeah. That's so fun. It was great. Oh, 
Well, I'm totally sold. I like can't wait. And I feel like you just did such a good job of explaining someone that is hard to hard to pin down. And I, I don't know, the, the people who can write from like a science perspective, bring in the stories, leave it open, you know, leave the areas that are like this, we still need more research on this. Like this totally. is where the science, like where we don't have the answer, but this is as far as we can kind of go. Oh, like that resonates. I want that for like every aspect of my life and finding people that have a sense of humor about that and and can explain it, you know, to people who aren't in the lab or aren't running scientific experiments is is such a skill. So I am so excited for this episode. It's a good one. I think whether you're a parent, whether you're hoping to be a parent, anyone will like this one. Emily is just such an easy person to talk to. I Before we started recording, I was like, is it weird that I'm going to tell you I feel like you've been a part of my family for the last like 18 months? Because You know, when questions come up, it's like, what do I do? I look at parent data. I look at her books. But she's just, she's so, she's such a joy and so easy to talk to. And so this was a great one. So enjoy this episode with Emily Oster. All right. Welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. We're here with Emily Oster. I'm, we're so happy to have you here, Emily. You are really like the definition of a multi-hyphenate. I think I've written down all the things. You are an economist. You're a professor. You're an author. You're a podcaster. You're a parent. And most recently, you're a marathoner. How does that feel? Is that how you describe yourself? <laughs> I've been trying to work on a new description. Um, I usually say I'm a professor and then I'm a writer, but now I'm going to add marathoner because then people can ask about my time and we can discuss it because people like that. People like that. Some Some people. people. Some people. Not all people. (laughs) You come to the place where the people that listen to this are the people that like that. So we're going to give you a break from all of the parenting questions. If you have parenting questions, listen, Emily's got content for you. You can find it. Um, So let's talk about running. Let's talk about how you're feeling. You just recently finished CIM. Yes, I ran CIM on Sunday. It is now Thursday and I feel okay. I mean, I made some, honestly, I made some mistakes uh, post-CIM because I've never done this before. And so I thought it was a convenient opportunity to give a talk on Monday in San Diego because I'm from Rhode Island. And so I was like, I'll already be on the West Coast. So like I got on an airplane like at two o'clock in the afternoon on oh Sunday and flew to San Diego and I gave a talk on Monday. And like, when you give a talk, it's like you have a whole day of meetings and they like, people like to walk around, you know, cause it's nice out. And so <laughs> like, I would say the low was the time this person wanted me to like, we were like walking around campus and it was like between classes while these students are there and we're walking down this like really long staircase. And like, I basically am like sort of like using my hands on the railing to like hop myself down. And there's like this line of students behind it. Like I'm like causing like a traffic jam (laughs) to like pull off to the side. And then I flew home on the red eye. So none of that was a great recovery plan, but now, like a couple of days later, I'm starting to feel oh, better. Man. So I listened to your episode on the drop, which was great and really funny. And I want to, I have some follow-ups, but, and I remember you talking about that. And so I was going to ask, like, 
how did that all, how did that all pan out? It went bad. <laughs> it went bad. It went bad. Even like right the night before I texted my husband, I was like, I don't think this was a great decision. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I was wondering when you would learn that. <laughs> but oh, like well. running and everything else we learn, we learn from our mistakes and we do it differently the next time. Yeah. I won't do that again. Yeah. I won't do it again. So before we like dive deep into CIM, one of the things that I so appreciate you about you and the content that you put out when it comes to running is like, you don't just love the act of running. You truly seem like you're a fan. Like you yeah. like know who the people are. I mean, you've gotten to run with the likes of Molly Huddle, but like, you know, the names, right? You're like watching NCAA cross country. And I just like, I love that about you. Like, how did, how did that, how did the fandom evolve? I think I started I mean, so, okay, so my family has always been, like, into running and, and like, you know, my, like, my dad, like, when I was a kid, we, like, watched the mm-hmm. Boston Marathon in the New York, like, that would be, like, an activity, like, having on TV. And so, but then once I got into running more, then, I don't know, I just really like, it's, like, a great sport. I mean, I, other people don't think that it's a great sport to watch on the television, <laughs> but I disagree with that. I think it's really fun. And, you know, once you get, it's like all these things, like once you get into something, then it's more fun if you know something about it. And then it sort of like feeds. And once you know something about it, then it's like more exciting. Um, And I don't know. I also think just for women's running in particular, which is like, I am more of a Mm -hmm. fan of the women. Like I know more about women's running than, than men's. It's like such a good time for the American distance running. And so it's like a very fun set of people to follow because they're doing cool stuff and and then I, then some of them live in, like some people live in Rhode Island. So then I get to meet them and that's, then it's like, you know, it's like if LeBron James right. like lived, was like living down the street, except it was like Emily Sisson, but you know. They're the same. Similar. They both, they've both been they're to the, the Olympics. Like, <laughs> they're both really good at the, at the sports. I don't know why it's different. It's not different. I find that like so interesting because I'm, I'm starstruck getting to meet you. And I'm wondering several months ago, you got to run with Molly Huddle, right? I saw it on Strava. I was like, that's yeah. awesome. But were you nervous? Were you starstruck? Like, how did that come yes. about? <laughs> yeah. So, so Molly's husband was a coach at Brown. So I had sort of met him. And then, I don't know, we were like Instagram messaging or something. She has a kid, um, which is always my in for people, which is great. And I don't know. Then it was like, okay, let's go for a run. Because she, she had been injured. So she was like rehabbing. And, and you know, we can talk about this. But like, I'm like an, a reasonable runner for a professional, like 43-year-old woman, but I'm not like super fast. And so I was extremely nervous because it was like, okay. And Molly's like the nicest person. So she was never going to be like, like, how could I run so slowly? You know, she's like, it's like, I'm just like, whatever. But yeah, I was super nervous. Um, but she's like, she's really nice. And it was, and it turned out to be really yeah, fun. That's awesome. And so, but I could tell, like, I'm basically, we're like running at a base where like, I am working and she's like, definitely not working at all. And then at some point we're like, we ran for like 10 miles or something. So I need to take a gel if I'm going to run for 10 miles because of just, Mm -hmm. that's what I need to do. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a gel. And she was like, in such a nice way, which is like, oh yeah, I don't usually have any, like any nutrients or water if it's like less than 90 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do, you know, and she wasn't like saying, it was just like sort of sharing information. I was like, okay, well, that's not how I roll. (laughs) I need a gel. I need a gel. Really That's really funny. 
But Molly does seem like the nicest person. She she actually shared a lot of good information, like on her, the birth story of her daughter. And yeah. some of that was really helpful for what I went through in my pregnancy. And so I DM'd her and she wrote me back and I was like, oh, so nice. No, she's super, yeah. she's super nice. The other person who I occasionally run with who is quite fun and quite different is Shane Quinn, who's Emily Sisson's husband. Oh, please. Who's Bill. like, he's, he's just really fun. <laughs> like he's super fun. He's like a very funny Irish guy. And you always like to run with people who are just going to talk the whole time, you know, so you don't have to he's talk. He's been on much. Ali's podcast a few times. And those are episodes that like, I can't, I can't listen to them while, while I'm trying to do a workout or do anything like, cause I'm right, laughing you just like, yeah. You can't breathe. So, oh, how fun. I think the the other thing for me about being like a fan of this is that it is a very nice way to connect with my my Mm. dad and my brother who are both like also really into this. Um, And so that's, that's a nice family aspect. This year, my brother texted me before the NCAA cross country and was like, to or Valby, who do you have? And my husband saw that and he was like, who? What, what does this text mean? And I was like, I know what it means. It's like, this has been a conversation for weeks. This is a great debate. So, you know, we're totally now, totally great debate. And I got everything right on the NCAAs and he didn't get everything right. So now I'm going to just make sure you know that. I love that. I, I picked everything. Yeah. And Harvard, way to represent. Picked, of course I was going to pick yeah. Harvard. You're going to pick a little grand blanks there. That yeah. was great. I was on a run listening and like watching both and trying to make sure I had like internet <laughs> to the ESPN app. It was like cool. not a great situation. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like a way to fall down. It, it sounds great. like a way to fall down. <laughs> but um, I stopped and like watched the last K of the women's and oh my God, how fast they were running. Like, I was like, that's oh insane. I can't do that in a workout. Like, Crazy. no. It's Crazy. crazy. No, that was, that's, and on the yeah. mud and like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's such a good sport. What are you like super excited for the trials? Are you going to go? Like what, what's your plan? I'm not going to go. Oh my God. My family would, <laughs> my family would, I mean, barely. So I would say my, my immediate family is not maybe as into my running, my running career as I am. Uh, so I think if I told them I'm going to the Olympic trials, they would just be like, no. Um, but I will definitely watch them and I'm very excited. It's really exciting. Were you such a fan during the last trials? No. Mm-hmm. I think I knew what was going on, but not like to the point where I would have been able to like tell you who I who I had as my picks. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it was there was a lot of I mean, the last trials were great and but these are I think there's even a deeper field this time. Yeah, yeah there's a um, lot of people yeah. that could there's a lot of there's a lot of people who could make it. Yeah. It's it's really exciting. And then we go into like the Olympic track trials and then the Olympics. It's a good time to be a fan. I agree. It's a good time to be a fan. One thing I'm also really interested in about you've I know you've shared like how you got into running and running with your dad and it's been part of your family. I think on maybe one of the first podcasts you did with Allie, you talked about how you just ran, you didn't really race. And that right. has changed. And I'm curious what the evolution is there. I think for me, running has always been something, has always served some purpose, like, and that purpose has changed over time. So, you know, for like, for a long time, it was like, I would, like my husband and I would run together and it was like a really important part of like, kind of way, the way we connected and like what we were, what we were doing together. And then, you know, during the pandemic, I, I found, I was basically just running because you had like had, it was like, what else could you do? You had to be outside of your house some of the time. And then I found this 
like run club, uh, which was like the only thing that was meeting. And so I was like, okay, other people, you know, this is going to like be my, I don't know, like my desire to to see other people. And and sort of over time, there have been these moments. And so I think when I was first talking to Ali, I was like, you know, this is just, I just like want to be outside and like have, you know, have have this be something that I, that I do that I'm not putting pressure on myself to perform in some way. But then I, I decided, I guess, that maybe it was, would be interesting to try to race again, which I did like in, you know, in co- like in high school. So I mean, I, like I've, I've raced in the past, um, but I thought it would be interesting to try to race again and to try to race at a longer distance. And so then I was going to do a half and then I sort of, you know, then I just got hooked a little. Yeah. I got hooked. And you mentioned like, you're, when we talked about you running with Molly, your level, you are very fast. Like, let's not, you are, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm adequate, adequate, I'm adequate, I'm good. Yeah, You're I'm good. Fast. like, I'm fast. I try, I try hard. Like, I'm, I'm like a fab, just, you know, Molly Huddle is like going to the Olympic. I don't think that's the American like, record holder. Yeah, Molly Huddle. She's, <laughs> she's faster. Let's just say, let's just say it. She's faster. But you are very fast. And so how does, how does that manifest on the starting line in terms of competitiveness? Like when you're at that level, you're definitely in the hunt to win, certainly win your age group, you know, win a race, depending on the depth of field, make top five. Like, what are your thoughts when you're on the line? So I am mostly motivated by being competitive with myself. And I think Mm -hmm. partly because like, you know, in, in a, you're right, like in a small, like in a local race thing, like, yes, I'm sometimes in a position to, you know, like, you know, come in fourth in the turkey drive, (laughs) whatever it is. But, uh, but most of the time I'm like thinking about how I can like do something that is faster than, or hit some time goal that I care about for myself. Um, I will say there have been a few times when, when I was doing something where it wasn't, there wasn't a possibility of hitting my own. It wasn't like I was going to hit a particular time goal for me because it was a weird distance or it was Mm -hmm. like something, you know, whatever hilly. And then I will, I will sometimes be motivated by being competitive. There was a 5k maybe last summer where I could like, I could hear, you know, you can hear the difference between women and men and they, how they, not always, but like often the way people's footfalls are or their breathing, you can kind of tell. And so like, I could hear the whole time that the second woman was like right behind, Mm -hmm. like basically that the person I could hear behind me was the other woman. And so that was like, that was one of the most motivated I've been to be like, okay, like if I, if I stop, I'm not going to win. And so so I did win. I was going to say what happened. So you won. Yeah, That's I won. great. That was fun. See, in those moments, I kind of panic. And then I'm like, well, maybe they're just faster than me. I need to work on that. And then I like yeah. give up in my mind. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I didn't That's give great. up. You didn't give up and you won. That's up. awesome. Yeah. I love but that. Like in, so, but a thing I'm not good at is like, my coach is often like, okay, so if you see, you know, if you're near the end of the half and you like see somebody ahead of you, like go catch them. That's not motivating. That never motivates me. I'm never like, oh, I should get that person. I'm always just like, ah, fuck it. I just got to get to the line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to try to catch somebody somehow. One time my husband was like, why didn't you try to catch that person? And I was like, I don't know. Ever since that, he said this one thing. And now I'm motivated by trying to catch as many people as possible. But huh. yeah, I was like, wow. why are you shaming me? I did really well. <laughs> <That's> so mean. <laughs> It's not nice. So when did you decide to register for a marathon? 
at the end of last year. So I had done a like a couple of half marathons and then we were sort of, I was like thinking with, so Caitlin Goodman is mm-hmm. my coach and we were sort of thinking about this next year. And, and I was like, you know, like I'm ready to like, let's see if we'll try this. Um, it seemed like a good fit. Yeah. Because I had the seminar scheduled in San Diego. <laughs> so it was, it was a really perfect. convenient. It was perfect. <laughs> what could go wrong? Perfect timing. That's interesting. I thought you had started working with Caitlin after that decision. So maybe mm-hmm. when did you start working with Caitlin and what inspired you to start working with a coach? So in this, in the winter of 2022, I decided I would, I wanted to run a half marathon in the fall. And like, so my mom, this is like, like a little, so my mom was dying. Um, so my mom died in June of 2022. And the, we had this like on Labor Day in New Haven, there's this big like 20K half marathon thing, which like my family always does. And so I had this idea that like, I will train to run that. And like that, you know, it was sort of clear my mom would be gone by then. But uh, but like for my mommy dad and my family, it sort of felt like this would be like a thing. I, I don't know. Somehow I got into my head that that was like a way to be with my family or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was decided I was going to run the half marathon. And then I asked Allie Feller, like, should I follow a training plan? And then she was like, well, you should just get Caitlin. Well, she had like a few different ideas. Allie's very enthusiastic. Um, and so she was like, here are like four different people. And so Caitlin, so I talked to Caitlin and she seemed like a good fit. And so then we trained for that and then kind of went from went from there. But that race was terrible. But I, I thought even though it went terribly, I was like very excited to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes like even when you start running with a coach and there's also life factors, difficult time. Like you can't control how the race is going to go and you know that. Okay, so here's the situation with that race. Mm, Okay. Uh, It's so very hot. Oh. Every year it's very hot. And so actually like now reflecting from the standpoint of what I learned about fueling when I was training for the marathon, it's extremely clear that I did not have enough salt. Like I basically like at 11 miles, I more or less couldn't, you know, like that feeling when you bonk, when you basically are just like, I literally cannot like physically move myself forward. Like I basically just totally bonked. And because it was like 75 degrees and humid or something, it was like horrible. And so, uh, but there was a lot, then there was so much room for growth. Yeah. That's a great attitude. And like, that's what I love about distance running in particular is like, maybe you can learn a little bit from a 5k, but you can learn a lot from a half marathon and a marathon of what you can do differently. Yeah. How did your approach to sort of daily running change once you started working with Caitlin? There was more variation. So I think when I was sort of running on my own, it's like I would just run basically the same amount of miles mm-hmm. every day. You know, I'd run six miles every day and just like, you know, except for like, I don't know, like five days a week, I'd run six miles or something. And that's it. And I never ran longer and I never ran shorter and I never went fast or like, I just like would run this amount all the time. And Kaylin has a sort of, I think a much more like standard training approach of like, there's a long run, there's a workout, you know, there's like some other days of running. There's a, like a true rest day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, there's more variety, which was good. Yeah. Which I liked. It is really nice. Like once you sort of surrender to the process of a coach, it kind of like, it frees you a little bit. I don't know. That's yeah, what I Yeah. I think the, like, I like to, on this, most of the time, I don't like to be told what to do, but on this, like, I think there is such a, like a freedom of just having someone be like, like run this. And also to have someone tell you what they think you can do is very, like, sometimes, you know, I look at a workout and be like, it, it, 
I don't think so. Like you're, you know, but the thing is after like months or like a year of this, she rarely would give me stuff that I couldn't do. And so then even when you look at it and you're like, well, I don't feel like I could do this, but like she's been right all the other times. So like, why don't I try? Yeah, I feel the same way. And actually just coincidentally, Caitlin used to be coached by my coach. So maybe we have oh, some of the funny. same the same things, but yeah, my coach will give me things and I'm like, you're crazy. And then I go out and do it. And it's like, oh, and what a great way to build confidence. I think like yeah. you always need that. I think that's, there's so much art in coaching in terms of like, figuring out what people need. Like, I think that Kaylin has figured out that like, I don't like to fail at workout. Like it like really saps my cop. So I think she like thinks about, like I, I, she's never sent me something basically that I couldn't do except for this one time I had COVID. Um, And I think it's because, it's partly because she's like trying to make sure that I don't feel like I failed. I feel the same way. I I feel like, I need to unpack that a little bit more, like both for myself and I'm curious because in work, in life, like we fail all the time, right? Like, so what is it about running or a workout that we just aren't okay with failure? Like it sticks, a bad workout sticks with me longer than like a crappy work email. Totally. Like a bad long run where I'm just like, yes, I'll just like think about it. Right. Whereas when I mess something up at work, it's like, all right, we fix it and like move on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, maybe, maybe. I probably not. I probably need some more therapy. I was going to say, maybe, maybe we'll bring in a therapist for the next one. But it's just, I never realized that until now. Like that sticks with me. Um, Like, how do we move on? So during marathon training, because it's different. Marathon training is very different than half marathon training. I think someone who's running at your level and your volume, half marathon training is not like super different than maybe what you were already doing, but marathon training is different. Like, how was that for you? It was a lot, honestly. I mean, I think it was a, it's a time commitment Mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, half marathon training felt like, yeah, I'm spending a bunch of time running, but, you know, like even when we over, like for the last half I did sort of in the spring of last year, we like did a little over distance. So there's like a couple of days, it was like 15, 16 miles, but like, the difference between six, once doing 16 miles and like many times doing 16 and then doing 20 and then the workout is like, you know, like the workout day is 13 miles. And so it's like, that's like, that's a whole, that's also a day, right? Like sort of you got into these like, like peak weeks where it's like, basically there's two days in which I'm kind of more or less spending like a ton of time running. And it was, it was a lot. I ended up uh, at some point, <laughs> Uh, my family was basically like, you can't, my husband was like, you can't do these on the weekend. Like you can't take a day of the weekend and like spend the whole morning running and then spend the rest of the day like laying around. Uh, that's not reasonable, which I thought was was fair. So I ended up moving my schedule. So I did my long runs on Friday mm-hmm. um, and sort of like holding the morning for that, which is very lucky because my job is pretty flexible. Um, but it's still, it was like a lot of, it was a lot of time. And in some ways that was quite good because it was an interesting opportunity to like set some boundaries that I probably should be setting anyway with other people. But it also, it was also a lot of time. It's, yeah, it's a lot of time. And now like, I just finished my first training cycle as a mom and like just negotiating that with your partner, like yes. the time. And my, my kids are big. So one of the yeah. things that people sometimes ask me because I talk a lot about this and I have like a lot of my audience people with kids, like your kid's age, we're just like, oh my God, how do you find time? And I'd be like, my kids are old. Like, you know, they complain about it, but like, I can just, you know, like we had had one, 
thing where I was like, okay, I need to leave. Like, I'm going to see you guys in the morning, but then you have to walk yourselves to school because I'm leaving. I want to do my long run like in time to get this other thing. And my son was like, you care about your long run more than you care about me. You know, it's like, uh, I don't really respond to that kind of emotional (laughs) blackmail. Uh, But it was the case that if I had had a three-year-old, I wouldn't have been able to be like, just walk, you know, walk yourself to school. Um, The privilege of having a 12-year-old and an eight-year-old. So they're like pretty self-sufficient, even if they would prefer not to be. Yeah. Yes. My, my, uh, 15 month year old, month year old, month old. Um, she can walk, but not walk herself not to daycare. To school. Yeah, yeah, not to daycare. Yeah. yeah. No, it was a lot of like, if I get to do this, it was a lot of negotiation with my husband. Mm-hmm. You get to do yeah. this, or we'll get a babysitter because this is worth it for both of us right now. And we're fortunate to be in a position to do that. But which, which, what did you just run? I ran the Berlin Marathon in September. How'd it go? Um, it went great. Yeah. I, PR'd by quite a bit. And that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I was supposed to run it in September of 2022. And then I found out I was pregnant and due the day after. So that didn't happen. That but wasn't convenient. That that's wasn't convenient. <laughs> like, like the talk, not a convenient thing. But I think that, you know, and I don't know what your next book is going to be about, but like you could weave running into that and look at some data. Actually, we need more data on women and running. But I think every woman's return to running is so different postpartum. And it was luck combined with good planning that allowed me to have a good day. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back to you. I, uh, and you're running. So you also started working with the nutritionist with Megan Featherston, who I, and okay, the other thing that really helped for Berlin, the secret weapon for me personally was Megan. Cause like the nutrition- She's there. No, well, she was there. That's right. She was there. We, actually, but that's not what she means. She literally yes. was. We we did a shakeout run the day before. So like maybe that was it. Um, but just all of the support to make sure, especially while I was still breastfeeding and like coming back, um, that I was properly fueled while I was training and then definitely during the race. So what prompted you to reach out to Megan and what did that look like? Well, that's also Allie Feller. All my answers are just going to be like, Allie was doing this. And so I did the same thing. Um, But, you know, so I follow Megan on Instagram. I sort of realized at some point that if I was going to take this seriously, which like, like I want to take this seriously. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, if I'm going to do this, we talked about how much time commitment it is. Like I was going to put a lot of time in and I wanted to make choices that would like make this as successful as possible. And it became pretty clear that I had no idea mm-hmm. like what to do um, in terms of either like day-to-day fueling. So there was like this, there's a lot of GI stuff, which we eventually mm-hmm. worked out. Um, but like basically at some point I reached out and I was like, I'm going to need help with the marathon, but actually can we try to fix the fact that like I'm spending all my time finding porta potties <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning. And so she, so we started working together and then, uh, and then sort of like fix that problem. It was cheese. And then, um, Oh no, I love it's, cheese. It's okay. It's, it's like, I can have some of it, but it turns out like the balance, there's a complicated, some complicated issues involving like how much lettuce and cheese and the combination of lettuce and cheese and the lack of carbohydrates that was kind of like, anyway, we fixed that problem. And then, uh, she kind of helped me. I mean, like that was totally game changing, actually, both for my running and really like for my relationship with food. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm very grateful for her. Same, but. She just is so patient and understanding, and like 
and scientific. Like yes. that's always helpful, but not to the point where it feels overwhelming. Yeah. Um, that's great. It was the, actually the one like hu- thing that was so huge for me was the salt. Mm-hmm. So I think that like, I think I could have told you up front, like I, you know, take a gel every blah, blah, blah. I mean, she, we sort of figured out exactly the timing of that and so on. But it's sort of about halfway this training cycle, I basically figured out I have to take a salt tab. If I'm not, mm. I'm using Morton's, which have no sodium. And so I ended up just adding a salt tab with every gel, which is actually quite a lot of salt tabs. And like, that was key. That's so, I love figuring that out. Like, it's not great to go through the bonking, but it's so interesting to see it all come together. Come together, so. All right. Yeah. So you've got Caitlin writing your training. You're doing great in your workouts. Got Megan helping you on the nutrition front. Figured out the lettuce and cheese combo issue. No good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take us to race day. Let's get to CIM. So (laughs) I got like a little banged up. Mm-hmm. Sort of right. I mean, I had a couple of different problems. It was a terrible bike accident, and I ended up with, like staples in my head, and like the end of September. oh, the one when you were traveling. Yeah, so I was like in my like experience at the Denver emergency yeah. room, but that actually wasn't very disruptive to my training, weirdly. Um, but then in like the last long run before taper, I like did something to some muscle in my back. And like, you know, the QL, I don't know, like what, it's a muscle. And so it was sort of like, as I told Caitlin the day before, like, I, like, I'm okay, but like, I wish there were another, you know, week, like a few more days of like recovery. And so I was a little bit nervous kind of coming into that morning. I'm just like, am I going to start running and find like, this muscle is like, is just like, it just hurt. You know what I mean? It's not your leg. So it's not like I couldn't run. It's just like, am I going to be in like excruciating pain? Mm-hmm. Um, but spoiler, uh, it didn't hurt at all. I don't know why. It's just like some combination of adrenaline or something else. Like I didn't feel this muscle having like up to that morning, like basically been like, this is not feeling great. It's just like all of a sudden it was like, oh no, now we're, we're fine. That's so. the magic of the marathon. Yeah. I was, I was telling Megan the day before Berlin, like I have this hamstring issue. I'm really worried about it. But in my experience, when I run a marathon, it's not the thing I'm worried about that ends up hap- that ends up hurting or yeah. going wrong. No, no, it's always other something things, else. Other yeah. things, definitely. We had some other things, but that was not the thing I it's was not thinking the QL. It was not that QL. The QL was fine. But yeah, so then, I don't know, we're on the starting line. I got in my, see, I am so nice. It's like beautiful, super well-organized. Like the bus, it was just like a very nice, I would definitely recommend it as like, not super overwhelming, but also like feels like festive, you know, like festive and big. So, yeah. I've never run it, which I can't believe that, but I've always either been, it was either COVID, pregnant, or I ran the New York City Marathon, which I love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little too close. So, <laughs> so you're not going to turn not it gonna around. Not going to turn it around. Um, well, I would recommend it for people who are, who are doing this. I think mm-hmm. it was a really good, I felt like it was a great well-run and very fun experience. And you said publicly, your only goal was to finish. And that was I am, my goal. Was it really? <laughs> Did you have a time goal in the back of your mind? So I don't, I think goal is a little strong. So okay. I had a, like a, like a plan, right? So I think that there's like, like I had a plan, which was to go out at 7.30, which is like, a, I don't know, 3.16 or whatever, marathon. And I think Caitlin thought that was very reasonable. I thought that was too fast. 
um, the BQ time, given how old I am, and we're like talking about Boston 2025, was like 350. And so I felt like that was like very doable. I thought 330 was like quite doable and I would have been very happy with. And so then for me, it was kind of like any amount of time below 330 was like, it felt a little bit like a, like just, you know, extra. Um, but I will say, if you ask me what I was worried about, I was worried about not finishing. Mm. Like I was like not, you know, the same same as going in the first time I did a half marathon, like, it's just like, I have never gone this far before. Right. Like I literally have never gone this number of miles. And so every step beyond 21, it was like, I'm like, I've never, like I could just fall down, you know? <laughs> so I think there was, and then I seemed like that would be embarrassing. By the end, I got a little bit like, I've told everybody I'm doing this, like all these people on the, it's like, what if I just, like the night before, I mean, she's so nice, but like the night before, Emily, Sisson, Instagram messaged me and was like, we'll be, we'll be watching how you're doing from Arizona. And I'd be like, no pressure. <laughs> like, it's like, like, it was so sweet. But I was also just like, oh my God, I'm going to like embarrass myself in front of these people who like, I'm their fan, you know? I'm like, you're like, and now she's like, good luck. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, so that is, so there was a little bit of this feeling like, like a kind of any time would be okay pretty much. But if I don't finish, then it's, I'm just going to have to go out there and tell people, like, oh, like, I, thanks for listening to me for three months, five months, tell you I'm going to do this. I just like, The good news is, is I would imagine 98% of your audience doesn't even know how long a marathon is. So even if you no. stop at 21 miles. <laughs> no, no, I kept thinking about, you know, Laura Green, who's like the yeah. comedian. And so I kept thinking about this thing about like, no one cares. Like, no one's totally, it's like, totally, actually, no one actually cares. It's just that I feel like they care. <laughs> well, it goes back to like, we're not okay with failure, right? right. And like not no. finishing. Feels it feels like, like it would be a failure. So what you have to tell Emily is like basically it felt like LeBron James. Right. Do you, me. you, like, you better me. make the shot. You better you make, better the, make shot. the shot. Or like not even you better make the shot. Like I'm rooting for you to make the shot. That was it. It was like I'm rooting, like, cause you're nice. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man. So this is going through your yeah. head. Yeah. But you started off, I think, a little faster than 7.30. I did start off too fast, which was, I knew I, that my main fear was that I would start off too fast. And then when I started, I knew I was going too fast. And I tried to slow down, but you know how, I mean, this is like, this is, it is kind of a rookie mistake, but it's like, I felt so good, right? I was like going along and I was just like, and I, this sort of mantra was just like, go to sleep. Basically, mm -hmm. you just gotta like go, I gotta like go to sleep for kind of as long as I can. And, but I just felt so good. Like I had had 450 grams of carbohydrates three days in a row. Like I had my gels, like, I, like my legs felt good. My back wasn't hurting. It was just like, okay, like I know I'm going faster than I should be, but like, I feel great. And so that's, of course, I mean, that, that is just like the rookie mistake that I knew I would make. And then, I don't know, there's another thing that's somewhere in your psyche. Like you're, you know, you're not supposed to make the mistake. You know, you're making the mistake and then you somehow can't like fix it even though you definitely could <laughs> fix it. I don't know, I don't know. Well, because so. you start bargaining with yourself, right? You're yeah, like- Yeah, thinking like, oh, and then I can slow down later. You know, I right. can like get some, I get some extra seconds and then it's, you know, if later. So I would say I felt quite good through about half mm -hmm. and then like quite up and down from like 30, from like 13 to 20, where like some of the time, you know, sort of some of the time I felt good and some of the time I was like, I can't believe there's all these miles left. Like I'm totally just going to quit and like, you know, but then it'll be embarrassing. And so I guess I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to like, well, I can just slow down. It's like, and then I felt terrible 
from like 20 or 21 mm. to the end, but I kept going. So <clears throat> I don't know if this helps, but I was tracking you. Uh-huh. And um Great. I was like, I was like, oh my God, she's hanging on, she's hanging on. And you like you did hang on. I did so, hang on. I mean, if it wasn't you, terrible. It it here's the thing. I think a lot of people they go out too fast and then it goes from like you're running 720 pace and then everything falls apart and it is a struggle to run like 830 pace. And I don't think you ever No, got my there. slowest mile was like eight, eight oh two, something like that. So Which like, is, we Remarkable. Like, so the thing that about my running, which like I had talked to Caitlin about this, but like basically I I have a very difficult time in that situation actually slowing down. Like what I can do is I can run at the same speed and then walk. So like mm. if I'm running like a seven, like a 750 mile is like I'm running at 720 and walking for 30 seconds. And like, I feel that it would be better if I could like, run at 7.40 and not, but somehow like that is kind of where I, that is where I land. And I think partly I could feel, I missed a couple of, I missed a little bit of sort of, I just needed more miles. I think like I just Mm. lost the, like I had the speed. I think I just needed a little more of the like endurance base to actually push through those last, Mm -hmm. you know, to like basically not have those walking periods in that those last five miles. The more, the more times you do this. So, I mean, bad news is you have to run another marathon. Right. But like you start to gain those miles and it becomes, it definitely gets better. And I'll say there have been maybe, I've run 11 marathons. Maybe there's three marathons that I haven't walked a little bit in and only two marathons that I haven't stopped to pee in. So it's a, um, it's, you know, fun fact. So it's always a learning experience. I remember one time my goal was just to not go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's just Did like, it work? Did set, you get there? I got there. You just like okay. set goals. It's great. Uh, but yeah, it was like, I was so happy to finish. I mean, it was pretty. And then I started like bargaining basically with myself mm-hmm. around this 330. It's sort of like, okay, like I've got four miles left and like, this is the amount of time. And so then I spent a bunch of time like trying to calculate like how my, how long, you know, it's like, but I mean, the thing is, it's like, you know, what this is like, it's like basically it's like 40 minutes or something. And so it's like four miles in 40 minutes. That's a pretty easy, like I am a professor. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like in my head, I'm like, okay. So if I like, if I did this, now it's like, that takes a good half a mile to like work out, you know, what is 40 divided by four? <laughs> If um, if Emily Oster can't do that math, marathon marathon, marathon there's, there's no hope. So bad. No hope it's for the so rest bad. of us. It's so bad. It is really bad. So it starts to fall apart, or you feel like it's falling apart. Yeah. At some point around mile twenty, it's the proverbial. It's okay. it's like, you're feeling yeah. okay at mile twenty? Um, not really. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to deteriorate. Deteriorate. And I'm I'm interested too because. I think this is where Megan has been particularly helpful for me is like, sometimes the wall is like your muscles, like literally seize up and you can't, your quads or your hamstrings or your calves, like don't allow you to move forward. What was the feeling in your body at that time? I think it was, some of it was really in my brain Hmm. and sort of this feeling of like, I don't know if I am like a, like, and this is where I think in a set, the, the kind of ha- never having done it before was part of it is sort of the feeling of like, I don't know if I'm physically, like my brain is not sure I can. My lizard mm. brain is like not sure we can 
achieve this. And your like rational brain, which I'm always using to shut it down, like we've done this before, so you know you can do it, is like, well, actually, oh, we haven't done this before, so like maybe the lizard brain is correct today. Um, but then the other physical thing is my quad, was like my right quad was basically like just really not having mm-hmm. it very much. Um, yeah, but nothing was like, sh- there wasn't, it was, ju- I was just, my legs were so tired. Yeah. Tired. And then my foot started to fall. Like, I've never gone that far in super shoes. Um, I mean, I've never gone that far, but I've ne- like, whatever, I was wearing these super shoes. And, like the front of my foot, like sort of fell asleep. Hmm. That was an awkward feeling. I mean, That's not like weird. the whole time, but just like it, all of a sudden it was sort of like, I don't have any feeling in that Uh-oh. part of my foot. <laughs> like, oh no. Is that supposed to happen? That doesn't sound good. <laughs> um, uh, but then you finish. You see the finish then line. I finished. Yeah. I saw the finish line and it was there. And... Yeah, I like couldn't, I couldn't believe. And by that time I was able to figure out that I was going to go under 3.30 cause I could see the numbers. So the math was much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it was like, it was awesome. And like 3.17, 39. 39. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, it was like, good. pretty good. It was good. I was very like, yeah, I was happy. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the Boston cutoff. No, I think we got the Boston, <laughs> I think I think Boston 2025. I think we're, I think we're good. Um, yeah. I mean, I was like really, I was really overwhelmed when mm-hmm. I finished. I mean, I just started to cry, which I guess is pretty typical, but like I, it was really, it was a very overwhelming, it was a very over, like emotionally overwhelming feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all the things, right? It's relief to be done. It's the culmination of all the hard work. It's the answering the question, can I do this? Yes. And then you're just like so happy that you're stopping. Yeah, you're just like, thank <laughs> so God I'm you done. stop. No, but I think it was. I mean, it's really felt like I spent so much time and energy investing in this. And, you know, just to see that like, actually I was able to do it and I finished was pretty, was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. You are a marathoner. You. You're a Boston yeah. qualifier. And yeah. I, there are some, I think like, athletes or some programs that do like your age graded performance. And okay. you're probably pretty high in that too, going back to like age groupers and all of that. So it's a huge accomplishment. Well, thank you. I feel very happy. I will say I learned like afterwards, I don't think I appreciated how slow I would be walking back to the hotel. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I think it took me like 45 minutes yeah. to walk the like mile back to the hotel. And I took one wrong turn and I and I had to like backtrack a half a block and I was just like, that's it. I'm going to die. I'm going to die here. I'm going to lay down <laughs> in the streets here. Like, was anyone, did your family come or was anyone with you? No, no, it no. was just me. And, uh, which is kind of nice actually. It was, that like, is the day kind before, of nice. Like the day before I just sat and like was doing some writing. I just like sat in this hotel room. I like went and did a shakeout run. And other than that, I just like stayed and sat. And it was like a vacation. I know. It's really nice. Like I went to Berlin. Sitting in my bed. I mean, this is like, please, the best day. It's a dream. I went to Berlin alone and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Forget about the marathon. (laughs) This is great. Dipping my bagels in a like container of peanut butter and (laughs) sitting in my bed. It's just like, (laughs) best. I've reverted. It's like college. It's the best. So you said you were doing some writing, writing the day before. What I'm also curious about is like, have you written books while you're running? Like, did you write your next, I don't know if you are writing a new, another book, but like when you're training, when you have these long runs or during the morning, like, are you thinking about what you're planning to put out next or anything related to your work? 
Yeah. I mean, I think not all, not when I'm working. Like when I'm, when I'm like running hard, I'm just thinking about like, you know, just thinking about surviving, running, basically. (laughs) But yeah, when I'm like on a normal run, uh, I spend some of that thinking time on what I'm going to write or, or, you know, other sort of strategic. So it's Mm -hmm. a good time for kind of like general meditation style thought processes. Um, I don't usually go out with an idea that like, I'm going to use this run to think about topic X. It's more sort of like just when you're running, your brain kind of is able to, yeah, it's like meditation or something. It's like able to kind of be out in the world. Sometimes when I'm doing that, I think I have like the best idea ever and I'm going to change the world and I write it down and then I get back and I'm like, no. (laughs) That does happen. Uh, Sometimes I'll come back and I'll be like, that phrasing was so great. And then it's either gone or when I write it down, I'm like, no. No. (laughs) That's not great. It's not great. Maybe it's like the runner's math. I don't know. Right. Something (laughs) happens in our brain. (laughs) So are you going to run another marathon? I mean, you're doing Boston. I'm going to do, I think I will do Boston 2025. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'll do another one next year. um, Part because, you know, other things. Um, And because it was a lot of time. And I think the idea of doing another one next fall and then doing Boston in next spring, like that's too much. That's too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I got to negotiate with Caitlin, but I think I'd like to chase, uh, chase in faster, slightly faster half. Um, I think I have a little more, in the in the half space, that's uh, exciting. To try to chase, yeah. I had like I got so, I, so my half PR is one thirty fifty two, and I think I think I can go under one thirty. Like that was a, that day was like that day was like I don't know. There was like ankle deep puddles, and like I think on the right course on the right day, um, I could do that. So my half PR is one thirty oh seven. Oh, I'm God, like that's all. Oh <laughs> I gotta do it. You got to do it. That's like, yeah. So yeah, going for that in, in February, but. That's good. Where are you going to do it? Where, what is, in San Francisco. There's a great half marathon out here. So we'll see. Um, you mentioned the super shoes that made your feet numb. You, you actually wrote an article um, that went out to the parent. It went out in the, in the newsletter about super shoes. And so. Talk to me about super shoes. How did you find the right pair for you? So my feet, okay. So the Mm -hmm. article in the newsletter is about like how much people get on average. And I think we're Mm -hmm. sort of getting to the idea that it's like maybe it's 4% on average, but it's it's also pretty clear that there's a huge like variation in who responds to what shoe, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. Um, My feet are very fat. I have Mm. bunions. And so there's like, so like the, the Nikes, like I can't, I can't do them. Like they're just like, it's not for me. Um, I train in the New Balance, like super comp trainers, which I love. I like the V1s actually. The I'm hoping they won't discontinue them because I didn't like the V2s as much. Um, but the, I race in the Salconies mm-hmm. um, in the Endorphin Pro 3, uh, which I like because they uh, accommodate my giant bunions. Um, but I find them, and I think that they're very poppy. Um, sometimes also run in like the New Balance Elite, like the New Balance racing shoes. Um, but I don't find them. I find them like closer to the, like basically they feel closer to the trainers. trainer. Yeah. So anyway, but I like, I mean, you know, super shoes, they're good. It gives you a little extra something. 
They're the best. I wore them yeah. on. Do you so? Do you wear them on your workouts? Yeah. Yeah. And your long runs? No. No. Oh. Like occasionally. So if we're doing like, so with Caitlin, there's some combination of just like long, like mm-hmm. just you're running for a long time uh, at a roping pace and I will not wear them for that. There are some like uh, where we'll do, we'll try to like be putting quality inside the long run because I'm only doing like one mm-hmm. workout a week. And so if we're putting quality inside the long run, actually, I will sometimes like do part of it. I'll do like a warm up. The like, you know, six miles in the trainers, change the shoes, do some like workout, workouty thing. So mm-hmm. I try to get some of the time in there, but then they're like a little hard on my, like a kill, you know, they're like, yeah. whatever. I think trading, trading up your shoes sometimes is good, but they're a little hard on my like calves. They just, like, yeah. you know, they require a stability. Definitely. Yeah. I tried the Alpha Flies like back mm-hmm. when they first came out for a 10K and they killed my calves. And I was like, these aren't. These aren't for me, but but do you do you not race in super shoes? I do. Oh no, I hundred okay. percent do. I I, I was gonna say like God, of course. I have a I have a little bit of a shoe problem, and it like actually causes me a lot of anxiety. Like, am I gonna have enough shoes? What's the mileage on them? It's like I need to work that out. But I race um, in the Vaporflies. Uh-huh. So, but I also really like the original Asics Meta Speed Sky. Mm. Yeah, I tried those. You tried those, those? Also too. The yeah. other, the thing I, I for a while I was using the Adidas like Adi Zero, mm-hmm. like the Pro Three or whatever, which I thought were really fast. But there was something about the way the lacing interacted with my bunions that caused me oh. to have like a giant whatever. It didn't work. So I like the Saucony's. Yeah, that's where we are. No, I, I love I love the Endorphin Pros, and I actually do most of my workouts in the um, Endorphin Speeds. Ah. They're great because the reason I do the Speeds is because. I want to feel like, oh, I haven't like I haven't used every uh, tool in my toolbox or my. So when you get to the race, you're like you're get yeah. I feel like I, I have, and it. it might not be anything, but psychologically, I mean, so much of this is in our brain anyway. So totally, like, if it makes you feel good, it's yeah, yeah. Then no, I can cares? I can definitely see. I could definitely see that. While we're on the shoe topic, um, you mentioned in the drop that your husband runs in the in the Vibram Five That's Finger. Right. So yeah. <laughs> still. Yeah, no, totally. Actually, actually, I got an Instagram message the day I was in this when I was sitting in my bed eating my peanut butter bagels from the jar. I got a message from someone who was like, who was like, I saw a person running on like the street near us, uh, like environments. She was like, my first thought was like, who still wears those? And then I thought, is that Emily Oster's husband? And I was like, yes, it was because he's the only, it was him because he's the only person who runs in those. So yeah. even, even though you put him on blast to the running world, yeah. he still does it. Oh my gosh. No, he's like, these shoes are great. He's like, yeah, he totally thinks that they're the greatest shoes. He's like, I mean, it's really, it's really pretty ridiculous. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh so gosh. Was, uh, yeah. I, I don't even know what to tell you. He's living in, you know, 2005 or whenever, whenever you know, we were into Vibram. <laughs> you do you, I guess. Yeah. He's not trying to go, so to be like, yeah. in, to his, like, he's not, it's not that he's like, these shoes are like great for performance. Like he's not mm-hmm. trying to go fast. You know, he's not, um, He's not trying to like run outside when it's cold or whatever most mm-hmm. of the time. So, you know, he's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, it's stupid. <laughs> well, when he decides to start racing, maybe he'll see the light, but maybe that yeah. won't happen. So maybe I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you I know, think I don't, we'll see. We'll see. If it makes him happy. So I, you know, we've gone about 55 minutes. I'm so grateful for your time. Before we wrap up with some fun, just like rapid fire 
quick questions. I'm wondering if anyone... So as I mentioned, like probably 90 or so percent of your Instagram audience doesn't know the length of a marathon, which is fine. A lot of people don't. I'm curious if anyone who follows you on Instagram has ever sent you a message like, hey, I wasn't a runner, but you inspired me to start running. Sometimes, yeah, I, I will get and people, or you inspire me to get back to it, or may, or really mm. like realize that I could, you know, do this even though I had a kid. Um, so, yeah, I think that's cool. I, they have, which is awesome. Which that's is really cool. nice. I, I figure for me, like running is such a like it's so important. Like, I just think it's so great, um, mm-hmm. and I think there's all kinds of reasons one would do it. So, mm-hmm. I like idea. And I think it's great that you you show that side, right? Like you're not just one thing, as we try. mentioned. You're a multi-hyphen. Many things. Many, things. many <laughs> different many hyphen. things. Hyphens. Many hyphens. <laughs> okay. So we're going to wrap up with just some rapid fire questions. Does that sound okay? okay. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. What is your most essential piece of running gear? Tracksmith Brighton base layer. You sound like an alley on the run tracksmith ad. You should the record thing one. Is, <laughs> the thing is that it's cold here. And this shirt is like, I can wear this shirt alone down to like 27 mm. degrees. And that's just crazy. I should have gotten like, well, I have a credit there. Maybe I'll use it for that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, if it's ever cold. I yeah. love the Fells turtleneck because it's like, I don't know. I feel like very New Englandy in it. It's great. That is their vibe. It that's is the vibe definitely their vibe. It's their vibe. <laughs> All right. Um, the most over-asked parenting question. I get a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing people just ask me all the time is, am I doing it wrong? I would mm. say that's, I mean, that's the, the answer is like always no, you're not doing right. it wrong. But that's, so I think it's over-asked in the sense that like the answer is no, you're mm-hmm. not doing it wrong. Not doing it wrong. Maybe can I get Botox while I'm breastfeeding? That's like our most popular question. Oh, I just Googled that and I thought like, eh. No, yeah. I don't know. I didn't. You can do it. It's fine. You can. It's, it's fine. fine to have. Yeah. But your face also looks very nice. So you don't need Botox. Thank you. It's I appreciate that. It's also important for that. me to emphasize. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll remember that the next time I'm tempted. Yeah. Remember that the next time you're tempted to shoot needles in your face. You look nice. <laughs> Great. Thanks. What's harder, writing a book or running a marathon? Oh, running a marathon is much harder. But like I, I, I got into writing books because it's something that like I enjoy and am like don't find that hard. Okay. Marathon writing. Yeah, that's, writing a marathon is hard. Yeah. I never want to quit in the middle of my books. <laughs> that's great though. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Final question. We ask all of our guests this, burger, burrito, or pizza? Burger. Is there a favorite spot in Providence? Not really. There's a pretty good place called Chomp and it's a place called Ivy Tavern. But we don't, I wouldn't say we're like the place with the best burger. All right. Well, burgers are great. That's my my post-marathon go-to as well. So, or just in general. I love a this burger. This time I had, I went to the airport right after, I'll just tell you. And like, I was so hungry because I, I don't know, I had like some pretzels. I like, I, I didn't really get it together. I wasn't feeling that great. And so then finally get to the airport and I feel really good. Not really good. I feel like I could eat something. <laughs> and I, I go to like the taco place because I decided like I could eat tacos. Okay. So I get the tacos and then I see this like fountain, soda fountain thing where they have root beer. And like, I am just like, 
I must have root beer. And I don't know. I feel like I don't drink soda typically. I don't think I've had root beer in 25 years. But I was just like, do you know that thing where you're just like, oh my God, I must have like 40 ounces of root beer right now. So I was like, and it was amazing. That is so good. uh, So, yeah. I love that. Now when I think about it, I'm like, ugh, I don't really like root beer. But at the time I was just like, this is what I need. Sometimes That's it. That's my lesson. Sometimes Sometimes your brain just, yeah, or your brain or your heart tells you what it needs. You didn't even realize that was going to happen. That's great. I needed it. Well, Emily, thanks so much for joining. This was so fun. Thanks for all the work you do. Um, Tell people where they can find you. Plug everything that you do. Best place is parent parentdata.org, which is where you can find all the parenting stuff and Prof. Emily Aster on Instagram where you can find parenting and also videos of me after I run in the mornings. Yep. Not this week because I'm on a break, but next week. It's great content. You do so much for new moms, expecting moms, all families, and just grateful that you're in this community and doing what you do. So thank you. Thanks. This is great. Great. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Emily Oster. Emily mentioned where you can follow her, but as a reminder, follow her on Instagram at Prof Emily Oster. Subscribe to Parent Data, both the newsletter and the podcast. You can find more information about that at parentdata.com. Check out her books, Expecting Better, Crib Sheet, The Family Firm. So much great stuff in there. Just awesome reads, so helpful. If you're a parent, if you're hoping to become a parent, If you have friends who are parents, if you have siblings who are parents, great information in there on how you can support everyone in parenthood. As always, please follow us at Runners of the Bay on Instagram and on X if you would be so kind to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. That'll help new listeners find the show. You can send us a DM uh, on Instagram. If you want to get in touch, you can also email us at runnersofthebay at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon.